So tonight I just want to talk about staying positive in a negative world. You may have heard that title before. I don't say that I made it up, but I thought it was very appropriate for tonight. Staying positive in a negative world. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple quotes. A pessimist is one who makes difficulties of his opportunities, and an optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. And that was Harry Truman. And then uh, Winston Churchill said, for myself, I am an optimist. It does not seem to be much use being anything else. <laughs> I thought that was good too. Uh, Colin Powell said, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. That is so true if you really think about that. When you are positive, you have this energy and you tend to create energy around you of people that want to go where you're going because you're so positive. So it is a force multiplier. Um, I'm not really sure exactly how to say his name. So those of you that are a lot younger than me can probably say it better. Kanye West. Did I say it right? Ah, all right, thank you. All right, so he actually said, you can't look at a glass half empty or half full or empty if it's overflowing. And I thought, oh my goodness, that is such a godly principle because we are supposed to be overflowing. As Christians, we're not supposed to have just this half empty cup. We're supposed to be blessed and overflowing, and we're giving out of our overflow, not out of our barely get-by mode. And I thought, man, he, he really tapped into something that was of Christian right there. And then, oh, if you did not get a bulletin, you're going to need it, because inside the bulletin is a scripture sheet that you can take home. So if you don't have a bulletin, if you want to raise your hand, Noel is going to pass them out. While he's doing that, I'm going to tell you a quick story. It's about two boys, and they were exploring their neighbor's farm, and they came upon an empty barn that smelled of manure. <laughs> the first boy said, we got to get out of here. This smells horrible. And the second boy said, oh boy, this is great. There must be horses around. And so even a true optimist can even find the positive in manure. So <laughs> I thought that was really cute. You know, it is fear that tends to make us look at a glass half empty. There is this way of just looking at the dark side of something. That is usually related to fear. Like something, you're afraid that something isn't going to come through the way that you want it to. And that makes you to begin to think, gosh, this, this situation is not good. Man, how am I going to overcome this? And then you've got faith on the other side that makes you think, you know what? This is half full, and it's going to get to the overflowing point. And that's the way that God sees things. And as we as Christians, that's how he wants us to look at life. Instead of barely getting by, instead of just not sure, we're not the ones that are being blessed on the job. You know, God wants us blessed and overflowing. He wants to make us the type of people that other people want to be like. 
You know, he wants us, it, the, the more that we look at life the way that he does, the more that we are pointing people to God. He, uh, people are looking all the time for somebody to follow. Have you ever noticed that when um, the jeans go low, everybody wears the jeans that go low, even if it doesn't look good on them, they still wear the jeans that go low? And so now when the jeans are going high, you know, they're wearing the jeans that go high, even if it doesn't necessarily look good on them, they still, everybody's looking for something to follow. They all, they're looking for something, you know, and we as Christians are the ones that are supposed to be the light. The light that is shining in the darkness. The light that people are drawn to. The light that people are wanting to follow because that light is actually pointing them to God. And so our lives, we have this opportunity to take what God has given us and to disperse it. We have this opportunity to be used by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to do great and mighty things for him. He wants us to rock it. He wants us to be used at work. He wants us to be the light that people are looking for. He wants us to be abundant in what we're doing so that people want what we have. And also, if we have enough, it is so easy to give. It is a lot harder to give when you barely have enough for yourself. You know, but when you have more than enough, you are more than happy to share it with someone else. So God, he looks at things through faith and it causes us to be powerful. But if we look at things through fear, fear immobilizes you. You know, if you're afraid that somebody's gonna say something negative, uh, it tends to make you not want to do something, right? If you're afraid that you're going to get criticized, it's like, why even bother? Why even try? They're just not going to appreciate it anyways. And so fear has this thing where it makes you not even want to give it a shot. You just don't even want to, why bother? But faith is this thing where it's like, I have the power of God Almighty behind me. Of course I'm going to win. Of course. I'm in it to win it because I've got all of heaven backing me. And as, we're, as we um, approach life like that, it makes our perspective change. Instead of shrinking back and being afraid, we are ready to be risk takers. We're ready to step out and say something to someone instead of being afraid that they'll reject us, we're expecting them to want what we have. Now, we're not going to be weird about it, but, you know, and there have been people that have been weird about it, but that's not us. We're not weird. We are not the weird ones. We are the ones that are backed by God Almighty, and people want to hear the hope that we have, the power that God has given us. They want that, the love that embraces us. They're looking for that love. You know, um, how does that apply to our everyday life? You know, every area of our life, we should be winning in. That means our marriage. Our marriage should be awesome. It's the kind of marriage that other people want to have because, man, 
It's so full of love. Our marriages should be awesome. Our children should be a blessing to be around. And people are like, wow, they're such nice kids. What did you do? Oh, you shared the love of Jesus with them. Wow. <laughs> you know, and then the workplace. They should know. We should be rocking it in the workplace. We should be the ones that they're like, hey, you stand out. I'm going to promote you because of what we are carriers of. And then even our attitude, our attitude should be winning all the time. We should be like, you know, somebody, I love it. Guardy, you ask him how you're doing. He's like, amazing. That's his <laughs> perpetual. He just says, amazing. And you know what? That is catchy. It's really good. Who wants to be around the person that says, well, if you really know the truth and then go into a 10-minute discourse of what all's going wrong in their life, you're just like, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> you know, but that, that is what we are created to be, are the people that are going around and sharing that hope that God has put in us. You know, we're not at the mercy of circumstances. A lot of times, life happens. Some of it is good, some of it isn't. But that doesn't define us. And that doesn't say how, you know, there are times that we walk through the valley of the shadow of fear of death. We walk through that valley. I've talked with Patty about that before. Sometimes you're walking through it and it's not fun. Who wants to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? But it says we can go through that and fear no evil. So even in the midst of that circumstance, that circumstance is not defining us. That circumstance is not holding us back from what God has for us. In the midst of that, we can fear not. We can see the plan of God working in us even in the midst. I loved, just I'm going to use Patty again, I loved seeing uh, through the whole uh, situation with her niece. It was just a terrible situation. Still, the investigation's going on. But you know what? The love of Jesus has been shining through Patty for so long that even an awful circumstance like that, people were able to sense the love of God because of the seed and the plowing that she had been doing for months and months in the family and sharing the love of God and them seeing the transformation in her, that is how our life, that's how we can live without the, circumstance, uh, the circumstances controlling us. We don't want, just because something bad is going on at work, that doesn't mean that we have to chime in with everyone and agree that the place is you know, that the boss is stupid or, you know, the further you go up, the less the boss looks stupid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the more you go up, you realize, oh, there's a lot of responsibility and you're only human, you know? And so you're not, and, and another thing that I found is that there's more than one way to do something. You can do it one way and you think that's the best way, but there's other ways that it can be done, and it turns out okay, too. And so, you know, uh, when we're in our workplace, God wants us to shine. He wants us to shine in our workplace. He wants us to be the light that people are looking forward 
Uh, you know, they need love. Your boss needs love. And if they're not Christian, they need love in a bad way. You know, they, they aren't going to do everything right. And so the Bible tells us that we can pray for those that are in authority over us. And uh, as we do that, it is really hard to be um, not liked if you are a part of the solution. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're at work and you're not one of the gripers and complainers and you're the one that's saying good job and you're, you're behind your boss and you're helping them out, it's really hard for them not to like you because everybody else is griping and complaining. <laughs> it's like, oh, friend, I'm going to come over to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so just, you know, perspective. As we look at life, how can we stay positive in a negative world? How can we look at life and overcome and share the love of God with people? You know, um, I'm going to go through. I have a bunch of scriptures that I gave you, and then a bunch of, uh, this would be the negative way to look at it, and this would be the positive way to look at it. And um, so I'm going to go through a, a few of those things. You know, marriage is a lifetime commitment. And if your marriage is good or bad, it's, it's basically on the two of you. Uh, and I don't say that to be at all hard or harsh or anything like that. I mean, marriage is really a decision that is made between two people. And as Christians, the Bible says that we are to love. And if we're doing it God's way and we are loving, guess what? Love never fails. And you can say, you know what? I'm doing all the loving, and they're doing all the taking. But God has done that so much in our own lives, uh, in, in this world. He loved us before we ever loved him. And guess what? There were those of us that came into his family because of that love that he gave to us. And so if we will love in spite of what is being returned, it will pay rich dividends because the Bible says so. Because the Bible says love doesn't fail. And so if, if we are choosing to let his love shine through us, we will have a good marriage. And I know that there's different things that happen. You know, I put over here... Um, Something that would be negative. My spouse is always late. A positive way to look at that would be, thank you, Lord, that I have a spouse. You know? Uh, thank you that your word says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Thank you that my marriage is a blessing to me and my spouse and to everyone we meet. And that's why if we start changing our perspective, no, I'm in this to win it. I'm in my marriage to win it. I'm in my family to win it. My kids are going to serve God. I don't care what it looks like. They're going to serve God. And there are scriptures that we can stand on. If you have a scripture that you can stand on in the Bible, that promise is yours. You are righteous. 
You are made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. So anything that is in the word that is for those that are righteous, you qualify. And so when you are speaking over your marriage, when you're speaking over your children, when you are speaking over your um, workplace, no matter when you're speaking over your finances, when you are speaking over your body, whatever the situation is that you are standing for, you are righteous. And all the promises in the word of God are yours. You're, you're, the negative would be, my, my wife always nags me. You know, a positive way to look at that is, thank you, Lord, that a prudent wife is from the Lord. I'm thankful I have a wife. <laughs> you know? We all can look at the negative in the other person. But you know what? You married somebody that's different from, than you. And thank God. Because you already have your weaknesses. You don't need somebody that has the same. You know what? You need somebody that has the strengths that are your weaknesses, and, you, and they need somebody that has the strengths that are their weaknesses. But a lot of times it's easy when you're married to look at the other people's weaknesses and say, that's not how I am. Why are you like that? That doesn't do anyone any good. It sure doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make them happy, you know? It kind of acts as a spiral, <laughs> down, not up. And so if we can look at the positive, and you know what? Thank God. Uh, thank God that I have somebody that will put up with me, that hasn't left me yet. All right, they've got a few little flaws here and there, but thank God they've stuck with me. <laughs> thank God they didn't run out. <laughs> There's so many things that we can look at it like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm not good at certain things. I'll have to tell you, I am detailed to an extent, but Jim is really detailed. He is amazing. I mean, he, I just, I have to tell you, I thank God I married to him because there are just times, like he's gone right now. There are just times you know, where I would want to fudge something just a little bit, and before you know it, you get out of the habit of doing it because you fudged it too many times, and then you get out of the habit. Jim is the type that we are doing this, and then we're doing that, and you know what? I get my exercise in, I get my uh, devotions in, and I get my whatever it is that we're doing. There's a time for different things, and everything gets done. Now, not always perfectly, but man, I, I so much appreciate that. I, on the other hand, bring a lot of positives as well to the relationship. <laughs> I, I, um, I am optimistic, and I like to laugh and have joy. And um, so I, there are lots of things that I bring to it that we balance each other. But you know what? In the beginning, it took some time to balance one another and not get offended. Oh my goodness, it wasn't like just terrible, but there were times where I was like, so what did you really mean by that, you know? Have you ever, you know, whether you're single or married, somebody says something to you and you're like, you know, if I said that, I would be meaning this. Is that what you really meant? <laughs> because I kind of feel attacked right now. <laughs> And there are times that we have to have those kind of conversations. You know what? I'm feeling a little attacked. Is that how you meant that? 
Because if you meant that, then we kind of need to figure this out. Because that kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> There's times that we have to talk through things, whether whoever it is in our family. If you've got family, there are times that you have to talk, whether it's your parents, whether it's your kids, whether whatever, whether it's your spouse. If there are people in your life, there are times that you have to talk, <laughs> you know, just to work those things through. And God said that we are going to win. We, if, if we let love shine through us, we are going to win, no matter what. You know, um, if you're single, goodness, I can remember being single, and um, I had this really cutesy friend, and I'm telling you, there was something about her that all the boys liked. So you know what they would do? They would come and complain to me about how they really liked her and weren't getting noticed. I'm like thinking, I can relate. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know, have you ever had those seasons in your life where you're just like, how long, Lord? <laughs> you start seeing people and they're getting you know, married here and there, or they're getting asked out on the dates, and you know what? I thank God for the way that things worked out, you know? When I look back, I'm like, thank God. And now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, thank God that I'm on this side now. <laughs> there are things that aren't always easy when you're walking through single, but God said that no matter what state that we are in, we can be happy. And you know what? We can stay in faith for our spouse. If you're a woman, you can be in faith that your husband is finding you. There are just times where you can just get a little cocky. Thank you, Lord. I'm walking around and I look good. My husband's out here somewhere. He's finding me. <laughs> you know, and then there's times where men, you know, you're the seeker. It really makes it hard. You know, today's world, the girls do the seeking, but the guys, it's not as much fun for them. They kind of like to be the seeker. They want to find. It was put in them that way. That's from long ago. You can look in Proverbs. It says he who finds the wife, not he who has the wife thrown at him. <laughs> you know? What challenge is that? Guys like to be challenged. And so, guys, if you're just really quiet, and there is, there's no problem with quiet. I love quiet. But I'm saying there's times where God's going to lead you, and he's going to say, what about her? And then if you just sit on your hands and don't do anything, guess what? She's going to keep walking. So there's times that God said, you have to go out hunting. And you have to look, but you want to you wanna know what you're hunting for. You don't want to just take any old girl, because you know what? Some of them are not good. So you don't want just any old girl. You want a girl that loves God and is serving God. And guess what? There's a plan. Everyone in here, there's a plan for our lives. And so if you're single, there's a spouse to help you, or you are to help run the race. That's what God intended. And so you know what? While you're single, you can just be glorifying God, magnifying him, trusting him. It doesn't matter how long. 
there's times where it's like the Bible says, in due season we will reap if we faint not. And that goes with our kids, if we're believing for our kids. That goes for our marriage, if we're believing for our marriage. That goes for the spouse that's on the way. All of those things. You don't want a, you, you don't want a, an Ishmael. You want, you want the good ones. You know what I mean? How many of you have ever dated an Ishmael? I have to say I did, and I'm so thankful. When I realized what I could have had, thank God he saved me. Thank God. <laughs> he saved me. But in the meantime, or, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, we'll go back to marriage now. I'll, I'll get off the singles. Um, it doesn't matter if you married the perfect person. There's still a walk that you're going to have to go through to get along with that person. And so it takes work. It's work. But you know what? I'd rather work at it than just flail around and live in misery. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd rather have the good rather than the bad. So, so what? It takes a little bit of work. Anything that's work, there's a reward. And in the end, the Bible has said, Man, marriage, it's a good thing. Let's look at this one scripture. Let me find it real quick. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. I'm telling you, this is such a good scripture. It's on your scripture page. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls... The one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one that falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? You know, if you just think about that, it doesn't matter what stage of marriage yours is in. It's better to be <coughs> married. It just is. It's good. That's what the Bible says. It's good. You encourage one another, and you strengthen one another. And if you're single, there's good to have good godly friends, people that you go and you ask questions, and you bounce things off of, because two are better than one. Having another input will give you the perspective. You know, speaking of Mr. Wrong... Thank God that I didn't marry him. But I, it was easy to not listen and to not see things when you were dating Mr. Wrong, when I was dating Mr. Wrong. And that's why even as singles, there's times that we need to listen and hear from other people. Let other people speak into our lives because it'll keep us from falling into traps. And I don't just mean wrong relationships, but I'm talking about all sorts of different things, to bounce things off of someone so that you don't fall into traps. Um, and then we already talked a little bit about work and how that sometimes it's easy to be super critical of your boss. And just, you know, nobody, that doesn't, that doesn't give you favor. You know, if somebody is working really hard to try to make a company go and people are nitpicking their choices and their decisions, it makes it really hard. You know, I, I can remember there were people that thought they were great 
And they were, they had ability, talent, different things. And, but you know what? They were super critical. And so even though somebody can have the talent, if they're not supportive of where an organization is going, it makes it very difficult for them to get promoted. And so I just want to encourage, if you're in a place where it's hard for you to um, be supportive of the leadership, uh, you, you know, just take the time and pray. Is that where you're supposed to be? Because no ma- you have a plan. There's a plan of God for your life. Your life is valuable. And there's a purpose. And it's not just to check off that I made it through another eight hours of work. It's to what am I bringing to my work? And, you know, uh, we want to be bringing the love of God. So if it's a place where maybe it's not suited well for us, we're just, you know, we're not in the, quite the right place, then that's where we just get before God and we pray. And that's God to show us. Show us where to be, because no matter where we are, we are to be a light, and we want to be in the right place so that we're shining the, the light in the right place and being the most effective, because there's only so much time. You know, as I get older, I'm realizing that I have less time. I don't know about you guys, you know, especially if you're just, especially Christina. Christina's almost 12. Time looks a lot different to her. There's the whole world in front of her. You know, as you get older and your kids start going off to college, you start realizing, hmm, I'm this age. Oh, my goodness. I have this many years. Or, you know, you still have a lot of years ahead, but you start looking at life differently. It makes you, okay, I need to be wise with this time. So we don't want to be treading water in a job where we're not really supposed to be. We want to be where God wants us to be. We want to have, we want to be fulfilled with what God has for us to be. And it could be that uh, we're right where we're supposed to be, but our light has grown dim because people aren't perfect and our bosses aren't perfect. And if that's the case, and we know that's where we're supposed to be, it's just a little adjustment that we make. And we just say, okay, God, I'm going forward, and I'm going to be the light I'm supposed to be here, and I'm going to be the powerhouse that you have called me to be. And the final area that I wanted to talk a little bit about is our children. Again, sometimes we can just look at the negative I'm really tired. It's so much work. (laughs) It's so hard. They didn't listen to me. Oh my goodness, there's toys all over the place. Can't anybody pick up after themselves? You know, we've all probably had thoughts like that if you've had children. Um, Or you're like, if they would have just listened, I told them the right answer. Yet, no, they had to do it their way. And now here I am picking up the pieces and I can't say I told you so because they don't want to hear that. (laughs) I'm just playing. My kids would never do anything wrong, okay? So (laughs) anyways, um, I'm just saying that because, you know, it's easy to look at the negative. It's easy to look at the negative of what our parents did. Have you ever, you know, had a thought like, gee, 
I'd be so much stronger if this hadn't happened when I was growing up. You know, all of us can look at things. But you know what? The past is the past. And that's not where we're to be looking because I see sometimes people focused on what happened in the past and they miss out on the fact that they're the parent now. Now your kids have a list of things that they can say about you. <laughs> you know? And so it's one of those things where, I, I have to tell you, when I got, uh, when I turned 25, all of a sudden my parents looked a lot wiser than they did like when I was 20. I mean, my mom's always been great, but I'm telling you, at 25, I was like, oh, thank God she didn't let me go and party, you know? Because then I realized some of them got pregnant and dropped out of school. So thank God she told me, no, you can't do that. There are times that parents have to say no, and it's a good thing, and it's okay. And, you know, when you're being told no, it's, they're trying to ruin my life. <laughs> Everybody else gets to. Why don't I get to? You know, have you ever said that? I've said that once or twice. And so, anyways, but I have found that as we, as we find out these things, as we're going, if we're focused on how someone else made our life miserable, we in turn start making the life miserable of those that were given to us. It's so easy to see it, you know, with someone else. Have you ever noticed that? You can see, oh, you're doing the same thing that you complained about your mom doing to you. You're, you're doing that. It, it's so easy to see that with someone else. But in our own lives, if we are focused on the past and the hurt, a lot of times it opens an opportunity for that to happen and for the, for the devil to use that in us as well. But if we look forward to the hope and what the word says, I'm going to have strong, godly children. I'm going to have the kind that are going to go out and conquer the world, and they're going to do great and mighty things for Jesus. And if you're focused like that, when you're looking at things as opportunities to train them and to help them and to encourage them. And you're not looking at them as a lost cause. You know, sometimes as kids get older, it's easier to think, oh, they're already entrenched in their way. No, no, they're not. The Bible says differently. The Bible says that the kids of the righteous will flourish. That means if you're the righteous, your kids are going to flourish. They have to. It may take them a little bit of time, but they'll figure it out. They're going to figure it out, especially if you keep believing and keep standing and keep praying and keep holding fast your confession and never giving, getting weary in due season. You're going to reap. As we keep standing on those things, we are going to be in life and win it. That's what we're called to do. We, we can look at things positively. We can look at things differently than the way everyone else does. I don't care if the TV is a bunch of negative stuff. That doesn't have to be my outlook on life. I don't care if it looks like the world is coming to an end because Revelation said it's going to happen anyways. So I don't have any control over that. But I do have control over my life. And so you know what? You can... Everybody else is 
you know, complaining about the rain, and you can have your little umbrella and you can be dancing in it. I'm the dancer in the rain. Yes, everything's happy. <laughs> That's how God wants us to be. He wants us to enjoy life. And as we are this example of somebody dancing in the rain, guess who wants to follow that? The world. Because all they are is getting wet. And they're not enjoying it while they're getting wet. But while we're dancing in the rain, they're like, hey, there's something different. What do you have? And that opens the door for you to give them the hope, the hope that's inside of you. For you to be able to give what is overflowing on the inside of you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is what helps us when the circumstances and you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you will fear no evil. That produces joy. I'm safe. I'm safe. I've got an umbrella. I'm not getting wet. I'm safe. God's protecting me. That is what we are to take to the world. And that is the overflow. That's when your glass is not just half empty or half full, but it is overflowing and impacting your world and making you a super duper high achiever. You will be in God's sight. You will be. And he's going to one day look at you and say, thank you. Thank you so much. You chose to believe. You chose to let me use you. And I'm telling you, that is going to be better than anyone here on earth patting you on the back. I don't care who your favorite singer or actor is. Them patting you on the back is going to be nothing compared to Jesus saying, well done. You're going to be like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> and he wants to do that. And he, he's not limited. You know, it's not like only half of us can get the well done. Everyone in this room can get the well done. And that's so amazing. That's how God is. You know, in the world, there's only a few that keep going higher and higher. Not with Jesus. We all get to be high achievers with him. And it's in our way. You know, if you don't like singing up on stage, that's okay. You can be a high, high achiever doing what you're doing. We all get to be high achievers. And it's amazing. And his standards are much better than the world's standards. So let's just pray.